Welcome everybody, we're back with another episode, episode 6 of the All Elite Murder Theater Podcast. We're very, very happy to be here. Uh, good week we had this week. Uh, much better than last week, much better than the Battle of the Belts. We're going to go through our dark and dark elevations like we normally do, and then we're really going to get deep into the um, to the the massive amount of storylines that are popping up left and right within AEW and with all of the factions and all of the groups that are within AEW. So it's going to be really cool. There's a lot of exciting things happening. A lot of things I'm looking forward to. There's a lot of theories that we have, and we're hoping that our theories are coming true. So we're going to get into it. Let's go dark, dark elevation. Let's go for, let's start with the best match. Christopher, what do you think out of dark and dark elevation? You, what was your thoughts on the best match of this week for that? I had two, actually. The uh, the TJ Renegade Twins match I thought was really, really good. Obviously, I love Ty Conti. I love Anna Jay. I love them as a team. I love where their story's been going. I think this whole, like, sort of, it's, I hate to say it, but best friends, you know, like I, that, that gimmick is working really well for them. Um, and the Renegade Twins are legitimately, like, excellent performers. Um, and I, I want to see more of them. And I, it was a really good match. I thought I enjoyed that. The other one was the uh, Sunny Kiss Jay Lethal match um, against uh, whoever it was, uh, Jaden Vallow and Chris Steeler. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I thought Sunny Kiss and Jay Lethal looked great as a tag team. They worked great as a tag team. There was no like, oh, they just threw them together. So they don't know what they're doing. It was like, it was like they've been working together for a long time. And right. they have good in-ring chemistry and their moves were good together. I thought it was super dope. So the two of those, I'm kind of on the fence with both of them. I liked them both a lot. But, I mean, honestly, Elevation and Dark were both really good this week, so I didn't have much to complain about either. Right. Tammy, what what, what was your best matches? What did you think? Well, uh, are you balder than, like, I saw you a couple minutes ago? Who, me? Yes, your hair, your 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 head looks smoother. Yes, I I did. Uh, I groomed today. Thanks. Okay. Thanks for, we we keep in mind, people. We're in the same house. Hey, <laughs> listeners, very just, just smooth. It's very that. smooth. I'm so gonna much, go. I'm gonna go make a wish on it after this. This podcast. is how much my okay. wife pays attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> she literally saw me less than five minutes ago. <laughs> this is. This is where we're going with this. But anyway, it's called a a long marriage right here, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my dear, my wife. (laughs) Darling, Um, best match. Okay, I actually, I totally agree with every single thing that Chris just said. I really loved uh, the, the Ty and Anna one, the Renegade twins. I actually have them as my, one of my best new talent of the week. So it's kind of answering two things at once, but you're going to be surprised at what else I put as a really good match. Cause it was interesting and entertaining, even though I really can't stand these people. And there's one element of their, their shit that is super awkward for me personally, but I have to say the gun club. Is everybody Wait. shocked? Oh my goodness. We all I'm are. Not. Yeah. I'm not. Cause that was a good match. Um, <laughs> I try to be fair. I'm, and I can, you know, you can say things about the gun club, but you can tell that you still don't hate them as much as like you wish you did. Right. Well, the ass boy thing bothers me and disturbs me. 
I'm sorry. It disturbs me. I, it just makes me cringe. And if they're going for that, that's fine. But what I thought was so cool was when Papa Gun took over and like took everyone down by himself after his sons. What were they upset about? The ass boy thing? Yeah. They like, yeah. we're not going to get into the ring with the yeah, ass boy thing. Ass like, boy. I can't even believe we're having this conversation right now about ass boy. <laughs> like, I really can't. Like, what is, like, I don't know where this came from, but I feel like there's a little improv with this theater that we love, murder theater, where there's a, something happens and then they just, like, go into it. They probably didn't see this ass boy thing coming either. But it really makes me uncomfortable. So, quick history lesson real fast. Billy Gunn, back in the day, uh, his song that he used to come out to and what it always said on his trunks, it was like, I'm an ass man. Bam, bam, bam. And there was like oh. this whole little deal with it. And he was an ass man. And he was always like dancing with his butt, right? And it was okay. like a it was like a self-deprecating almost kind of thing. And then the internet, when that started happening back then, they sort of turned it into something else. And there was like some homophobic stuff happening. And then they cut that loose and they stopped doing that as much. Um, and then now that it's being brought back, there's not been any like negativity about it. I think it's just the silly gimmick again. And I actually think it's really funny. Um, okay. And I like the whole like, dad, you're embarrassing us. I think that's <laughs> yeah. super hilarious. It, is. Um, it seems very realistic. You know what I mean? Cause Billy Gunn, he's 50 something, 60 something. And, and he's in like fantastic shape and he's still out there with the ass thing. Like, I love it. It's like, you could not be a more embarrassing dad. Oh, yeah. So that's what's so cool about having you on this, Chris, is like you can provide perspective that I had zero clue about. So that like makes it so different for me. I still find it awkward. And I, but it, it makes like, I, at least I know the history. And yeah. everybody knows uh, Tammy isn't down with any homophobic stuff, but I'm sure that was just asshole internet people that turn everything into something. You know, that's just the way, way it goes now when you hear everybody's voice in the world now instantly. But um, yeah, I think it'll always be weird and awkward, but at least I have a little bit more perspective of where the phrase came from. That makes so much more sense now. And I did, I, I, I did love, because I would do that. I'd be like, no, I'm not getting the ring if everybody's yelling that. So I respected that. So, and then when he came in and just did this, like took care of every single person at yeah. his age and, you know, and I loved it. So you know, this is what I love is I can have a different opinion about people from one week, week to the next. So that was one of the best matches because it was entertaining. It was unique. It was different and it was badass. But of course, I also put the um, Ty and Anna one. And I also put the Renegade Twins as the new talent. I have a couple other mentions for that, but we'll get back around up to that question. So for me, um, I agree with I agree with you guys on on pretty much the Tay, the Tay J and the Renegade twins. The reason I like the Renegade twins so much is because they have a gig. You know what I mean? They've got a they've got a thing, and it's like not a lot of these pairings that are these uh, unknowns or people that are there to lift up the other wrestlers have a gig. So it's yeah. like. I think if you have a gig, you have a better chance of going farther in AEW. Because if you look at it, Bear Country's got a gig. You know, they were they were jobbers for a long time, and now they're getting on the big show because yeah. they have a gig. So I think it's really important for these for the wrestlers 
you're going to notice that if they have the gig, they seem to go more. And, and that's part of it. It's like, it's like the best example I could give is like watching a band that's just kind of standing there. You know what I mean? It's like, you want the band to have the look, you want to have the, the background, you want to have everything going on. That's more entertaining. I mean, Slipknot is extremely entertaining because of what their gig is. So it's right. like, I like to see that in wrestlers. So I thought that was really, really cool. Um, I think that Anna Jay is getting much, much, much better as a wrestler. She's, she's, it doesn't look so choreographed. It looks more natural for her. Mm-hmm. She's really got good chemistry going with, with Ty Conte. And I mean, I think they they get better and better all the time. I'm sure that if AEW instills a tag team belt for the ladies, which they absolutely should, and I don't know why they haven't already, then they're good champions to be uh, within that group. Um, the other match I really liked, and I just want, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but the Janela Kingston match was a pretty good match, man. Those guys beat each other pretty yeah, good, and, good, I, good and I thought that that was a really fun match. So I would say those two, and of course, Iowa, uh, Lethal and Kiss together. They're so acrobatic. They're so athletic. Yeah, that that's a great pairing, and I hope to I hope to see that again in the future. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I really just because they have got, it seemed like they had coordinated moves, and this was like the first time they have ever wrestled. You yeah. know, so I thought that was really awesome. So I mean, yeah, looking forward to that moving forward. All right, what did you think, uh, Chris? Who who do you think the best unknown were? Uh, so for me, it wasn't necessarily unknowns. <clears throat> it was again, the renegade twins, uh, because like you said, they have a whole shtick and it's rad and you don't have a lot of sets of wrestling twins out there. They've, they've got a good look. They've got a, uh, they've got good in-ring chemistry. They, they know what they're doing. They look good as a team. Um, and they've paired well, pretty well with everyone they've worked with that I've seen so far. Um, so they're up there, but also for me is Hobbs. And I know Hobbs not necessarily mm-hmm. unknown anymore, but I feel like he's starting to be um, less of a background. And I think he's starting to get more of a real main character, not necessarily a push, but they're building him some so we can get a little bit more insight. I want to see him developed more because I think he's got more to offer than just being a big guy in the back. Um, and I, I, I really, watching his matches is just, He's a monster. And um, I feel like there's got to be more to that. Like, there's got to be something about his, uh, I, I don't know if it's his mic work they're afraid of or what, but I want to hear him talk more. I want to see more things from him. I was impressed with him this week. Um, and like I said, I know he's not unknown technically, but he needs more of that exposure. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Tammy, who do you think you're the best unknown or, or person that lifted up the stars were? I love everything you all mentioned. I, I'm a big Hobbs fan, so I just love that. I, he has like a, an emotional backstory, you know, uh, that I think is, you know, powerful. And I think that, you know, he is like a big monster, but he has a lot of personality and I could see him being, you know, in a lot of interesting dramas. And I'm really like, I'm really rooting for Hobbs. But my um, he, he could have a great baby face turn too at some point down the road. Yes, that is so true. Mark this day that Chris said that because that could happen. Yes, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Um, but one of my favorite things though is the is the lip curl that he does. Like I love that lip curl of him. <laughs> um, 
So best new talent, I think we're all in agreement, Renegade Twins. They had a lot of personality. They worked great as a team, fully fleshed characters. But I also wanted to mention Action Andretti because I thought, like, I liked his flying around a lot. I think he, yeah. he was up with um, Dante. That was a perfect uh, match with Dante. That was Yeah, so that match. was kind of cool. Yeah. Like, that was a great match. They were really well suited to each other. And I feel like we could see more from Action Andretti one day, too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, I, I, I'm I pretty much in compliance with everybody else on this. Uh, I thought Action Andretti was great. Renegade took Zach Clayton, I thought, was a pretty good one, too. Um, I, he, so, but overall, I think that, you know, those guys were the best. So Zach Clayton, he's basically, if you guys remember, I guess he is a reality TV star for Jersey Shore. In a way. Yeah. Not not as much as the main cast. He's come later on. And I actually talked to my wife about this recently. I guess he's like, he's the, he's the new boyfriend or husband for Jenny, um, and uh, apparently he's like way less of a juice head jackass than the, the actual father of her kids was. Oh. Um, I, I had no idea that this dude was the same guy. And uh, I was like, hey, do you know? Who this? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah. And she told me this like whole thing. Um, but I thought that was actually really cool to see, you know, actual like pop culture phenomenon, yeah. you know, in the crowd just hanging out they were in like nosebleeds yeah. uh that was kind of dope and he he's actually really good yeah he was he was, was really shocked. good yeah he calls himself the reality which i thought was hilarious <laughs> so i wrote all that down i was like man, he's got some moves too he went against qt obviously qt probably is training him so i think they might yeah. have mentioned that um but I'd like to see him again, man. I want to see him again. Yeah. Start, build up a storyline between him and the factory or something going on like that. I think that would be pretty fun. So I thought yeah. all of that was really cool. Cool, man. All right. So the, the story push. There, I, I'll start with this. The story push, the only thing that I really noticed, and maybe you guys noticed something else as far as how the storylines are getting pushed, the only storyline I really saw was when Red Velvet and uh, – uh, Layla Hirsch wrestled and there was all that tension and they were kind of like kind of going at it back and forth with one another and they were supposed to be tag team partners that was the other storyline and then the other storyline is uh, I, I wrote down gun club with a question mark I mean are they are they pushing gun club into his particular story what's going on with that they're on a lot they, they I think I've seen them like every week for the past six weeks on at least dynamite at least uh dark or dark elevation they've been on almost all the time so i'm wondering where are we going with the storyline are they going to face the jurassic express how's this going to work you know so i'm curious to see about that but those are the only two things that i really saw as far as storylines pushing over into dynamite into rampage so i don't know who else chris what did you think or who do, what, what do you think pushed the storyline this week so uh, there's a few things. Um, obviously, the Hobbs thing again. I think they're building him more, and I think you're right about Gun Club too. I think I brought this up a couple weeks ago. It seems like they're just involving them a lot more. And if you think about it, they're very marketable guys. Uh, they're both young. They're both athletic. They both look good. Um, 
I think there's an audience there for that. When you get a when you get a young, like real hardworking tag team um, in a, in a division that's kind of a lot of seasoned guys, I think they're going to fit in well. Especially when you're talking about like Jurassic Express and and those kind of groups, they need more of that. Um, so I think that's definitely happening. The one thing that I will say, the Garcia Fuego match, I think was sort of setting up for the Sammy thing mm-hmm. later on. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of part of a storyline thing. Um, and yes, the Red Velvet, uh, Layla Hirsch, that's getting muddy to me because it's Layla Hirsch versus Statlander. And now it's, now Velvet's got beef. I, d- I don't know where that's going. It feels not, it, it hasn't been thought through, I don't think all the way. Like, what is the outcome with that? Um, I think, I think they're, they're missing something here that can make this more compelling. I just don't know what it is because you've got three really talented performers who are all very different, um, who all have a lot to offer, and they're just not utilizing this, this angle as, as well as I think they could be. Mm-hmm. And, we'll t- and we'll get into that on Dynamite when they did their promo. So, yeah. Or, yeah, so, yeah. And so, okay. So, yeah, let's, uh, that sounds good. What did you think, Tammy? What did you think was pushing the story this week? I concur with everything I already said. All right. <laughs> and I have nothing interesting to add. So okay. I won't waste everyone's time. All right, no problem. Cool. All right, so let's get into it. Dynamite. Dynamite was, I thought Dynamite was an awesome Dynamite, number one. It was fantastic. It started <laughs> out great. So first of all, I'll start with this. First, number one, story time with Adam Cole, baby. So story time, he comes out, and basically it's a challenge to the best friends. Then they pretty much announced the mixed match with Britt with Britt and Culver's Cassidy and Stat, the Bucks come out, and then here's a, the other sideline on that. The Bucks come out, and their their New Year's resolution is saying, "I want where we're going to win the belts back." And they're looking at Bobby Fish and O'Reilly, right? And they're like, "Oh, so now we've got this friendly rivalry. So now we've just right. split a whole nother storyline off with the Bucks and the Red Dragon. I guess that that that's what they're calling themselves." Right. So, so then the belts are challenged and the tag titles. And then there was mayhem in the ring, you know, with that whole storyline, best friends come out and then they're setting up the, basically the rampage match with Trent and Adam Cole. So Chris, what are your thoughts on storyline with story time with Adam Cole? I might, I might talk for too long here on this. Um, I'm actually, uh, so Originally, I saw this storyline building and I thought, okay, I think they might be rushing this a little bit. The whole uh, best friends angle versus all these guys, the whole um, Bucks versus Red Dragon sort of thing. I felt like it was all being like really, really forced really fast where I want to see this thing go over time. I want to see it, you know, really kind of bloom into a a deeper story. Uh, But now it seems like that's kind of pushed aside for a second because now they've introduced this even more interesting thing with Baker and Statlander and this mix match that's coming up and all this stuff. It's I'm so glad that they, they took a breath on this other stuff because that gives us a chance to rework that story in a week or two or even longer um, and keep building it so that there's more tension, more on the line, more stakes. None of them are champions right now. So we need a little bit, uh, we need some more motivation for these guys to really feel like they don't like each other that much. Because right now, I mean, anybody who's watched them all before knows that they've crossed paths many times in the business. Um, I don't. I don't think it's a. It's like a big secret that uh, 
you know, any of these people are, are, uh, you know, they're, they're obviously all friends. They're mm-hmm. all doing being the elite together. Um, BTE every week has just about all these people on it. So mm-hmm. I think they, they need to let this breathe some and really put some more, uh, some more momentum into this if they want it to move forward that fast. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited about the, the Britt Baker thing. It was, it was cool to see them finally acknowledge that relationship on the show um and to to bring it in the way that they did with statlander in the ring and then she came in and it was like i i was i was definitely marking out in my in my chair in my uh my room um <laughs> it, it was just the whole thing was good man i yeah. i just remember being like oh shit no way yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, was dope. it was really cool um and yeah you know i i want to see more of this uh, yeah. as much as possible i want them to utilize this program to, to bust it off into five or six storylines because they very easily can. There's a lot of people involved and I don't want to see anybody get uh, left, you know, in the background on this because all of them, every single one of them has a lot more they can do as individuals and as like different tag teams built into this thing. It's all very cool. It's all very exciting. I, I, I'm, I'm cautious because I'm afraid that they're going to rush it all and we're going to miss a bunch of stuff that could happen. Well, so, the thing about AEWs, man, they don't seem to rush anything. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they do, but most of the time they're really good with the long-term storytelling, and I've said yeah. that before. Right. And at first, this started to feel like it was going to be a short-term program, and it was just going to be a Bucks Red Dragon feud, and somehow Adam Cole was going to be like the prize or something. Right. Um, so I'm glad we're not doing that right now. I think, uh, I think there's there's definitely more for this. Uh, go ahead, Tammy, and then, I, I, and then I'll go. How, what did you think of this story time with Adam Cole? Love it. Yeah. Love everything about this. This, like I, I think Chris summed up a lot of it really well. I think it's exciting. I'm really excited for a mixed match. I think it's risky, like when you bring a, a relation, a private relationship into the profession. So hopefully that all works out well. But I just feel like everybody is fantastic and there's so many different things that can like great matches that can come from it. So I'm really excited about it. Super excited. I don't think there's any more to add because Chris did such a good job of. Yeah, that was a great. Um, I can add something, actually. Yeah. I can add something and this might okay. help easier, easier uh, uneasiness about the relationship thing. Um, it's it's not been a secret that they were together Uh and in fact, there was uh, a, like a year or so ago or something, Adam Cole was at a like a family gathering, if you will, of EW stars. Um, and he was in photographs on Instagram. Um, and there was this whole thing because he was under contract with NXT at the time. Like, oh, he shouldn't be hanging out with them. And you sort of got the idea that like stuff was stirring. And then there was a moment where Adam Cole had a big match. I can't remember who he was facing now, but Britt Baker was actually in the crowd on an NXT show and they didn't acknowledge her, but they did let the camera sit on her for a little too long. So it was all over the dirt sheets. Uh, you know, they, they showed her on TV, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't think that their relationship is the type of relationship that can suffer from being put on TV simply because everybody already knew um, and they were ignoring it. And to not acknowledge it, that you're two of your top stars, you know, two of your most over stars too, are kind of a power couple. I think, I think it's actually good that they're doing it. Good. Well, I'm excited about it because I think they're both fantastic. 
I mean, yeah. I just think every, they are professionals. They entertain from the moment they step on that screen, whatever storyline they're in, I feel like they make the most of it. So I can only imagine. And then everybody else involved is fantastic too. So you just have like a lot of fantastic flying around here. So I'm really excited about that. And I feel like it's what we needed after the previous week. Right. So it's like, we don't even remember. We were upset the previous week, but now we don't even remember why, because we had a lot of good like surprises and really like great talent coming out with some really fresh new storylines. And this really, I think, yeah. was the, the the biggest one. So. Yep. Yeah. And I think they're all, they're all so talented and technically great wrestlers that it's just gonna, it's gonna make for a fun, fun, fun uh, situation. I can yeah. tell you what, I this is what I think and I want to make sure that this is uh, this is recorded. I think this is setting it up for the Bucks and Kenny Omega against the Red Dragon and Adam Cole. I think that's going to happen, man. Because Kenny Omega is going to come back, and where is he going to be, right? And then this is where that faction breaks up, and that's where we go. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> And if he's I mean, right, people that listen or watch or however you receive this information, that means we need to have a big gold star for him when he's I need right, a sticker. Right? I need a sticker, a banana sticker. <laughs> I, I like that idea. Um, I like that angle, but I wonder if there's more to it than that, if we could get more out of it. Um, I'd really like to see Omega and Cole as a tag team, I think. That would be pretty Ooh. sick, dude. Well, At some fun. point, I'd like to see the two of them like you know, the, the kings of the click or whatever. Yeah. It's not yeah. the click. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Uh, the click is an old school thing. Um, I, I think it's really cool. The kings of the super click, maybe. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I want to see this ever really break up all the way. Gotcha. I feel like, I feel like AEW needs like a powerhouse faction that yes. just eats everything up for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, cause it, it gives, it, it opens up storylines for a lot of other talent that wouldn't necessarily be considered, uh, as opponents for these guys individually necessarily. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of ways that they could do this and stretch it out, but I do think at some point that's bound to happen. Gotcha. So then after that, we get the, uh, promo for the Wardlow Symphony promo, which I thought was pretty cool. That was pretty fun. That was awesome. Um, and then we get into Wardlow versus CM Punk. This was what? How many 17 power bombs or something like that? It and felt he, like that. It I think it was like only that. eight. It was like, it felt like 17 power bombs, like eight power bombs. Yeah. I mean, Wardlow just basically pounded him into the ground. MJF yelling at him, says he needs to finish him. He needs to finish him. Uh, then all of a sudden, then, out of nowhere, Punk. Ta you know, pins Wardlow out of nowhere. I mean, it just, and then the rivalry starts and then Spears jumps in the ring, keeps Wardlow from turning on MJF. MJF's just about to, he grabs his hand. He's about to, he's getting shaky, getting ready to kick his ass. We're all thinking, this is it. This is when Wardlow's going to turn. It's over, it's over. It's going to be great. And then Spears jumps in, stops him. And there we have it. Now, I'm going to say this. I'll start this. And this is what I feel. And I read it on a magazine. I, I'm, I'm one of the rags as well. And I kind of thought the same way. 
I think that this whole thing with Wardlow does take away the rivalry between MJF and CM Punk. I think that it's more, it's been more focused on Wardlow than it's been on this Punk MJF rivalry that they've been trying to hype. Um, did I like the match? Uh, I'm going to say I was 50 50 on it, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I felt that if Punk was going to win, all right, he was too down and out to win I, in reality. So I don't know if that's part of it or that's part of his gig or that's part of his stamina as a wrestler. Um, because, you know, I'm new to CM Punk as far as that's concerned. Uh, but that's that was my feeling. Was the match exciting? Was it cool for the buildup? Like, oh, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, but the tag, the, you know, when he um, when he um, when he pinned him, I was just like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> so, so but uh, you tell me who you want to go, Tammy, or, you want, or Chris, you want to go? You want to okay. say Chris for last? <laughs> Tammy, what? Tammy, why don't you go? Because I don't. I feel like I say too much, and then and then you it's like I said it right now. I am here to testify that you do not say too much. So well, I am curious to hear everybody's opinion about this, okay. especially now that I've heard rapes. Before I say anything, uh, all right. I want to. I want to hear what you have to say too. So uh, first of all, I'm gonna say I can get no satisfaction. That's how I feel. Um. So, anyways. <laughs> This is that's how this whole situation is making me feel. But I, so the thing I with with what Rafe just said about like I guess he's not feeling like it was really like, you know that he should have come back at the end. You know, like I understand there's that character like from Snatch that Brad Pitt played. Remember, like the, you know where he would like be down and out and come back at the very end and and but it didn't feel it didn't quite feel that way it wasn't completely unplausible but come on like nobody's gonna let their precious cm punk get his ass kicked and he did get his fucking ass kicked people it was bad okay he was powerbombed we couldn't even agree on the number that's how many times we don't remember that motherfucker should have been gone okay he wasn't I mean, it is, time. it is time for an upset here. <laughs> well, anyways, to my notes, let's see if I can read them. Uh -oh. Epic. At least I thought that I was, this is, so by the way, I just write these in real time. So I don't know what's coming next when I write them. Epic. Loving Wardlow and the MGF energy in their entrance. Nice athletic jump in the ring from Wardlow. I don't know if anybody noticed that, but he's not normally like you don't get to see those sides of him. It's usually power bomb and, and done. So there's something there. And then uh, put CM rolls away from Wardlow out of the ring. Doesn't want to get power bombed. But then he does too many times to count. Plus thrown on a table. Love the drama. Wardlow loses. How? Interesting ending. Wardlow should have turned. And then I put only, almost, maybe? Come on. It's time. Okay. There's my notes. Chris, you're up. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the entrance was cool. Um, and it felt different. It felt bigger. Warlow, yeah. I believe, had like entirely new gear. 
and it actually was pretty sharp. It was less of like big bruiser guy and more of like superstar. Um, He feels very much like a serious, serious contender for any championship they have now. And I'm starting to get the vibe that he's no longer just a one trick pony. They're, they're giving him little bits of different spots and stuff to try out to see what looks good and what doesn't. And I don't know if that's, you know, people backstage, maybe some trainers, maybe just, you know, coworkers. I don't, I don't know where it's coming from, but I feel like there's some development to his in-ring style, which is good because you don't want him to be just another guy that does one move and kills everybody all the time because that only goes so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the war dog idea. I, I don't know who started that and when it started, but I think it's a cool nickname, um, especially when you have a name like Wardlow. Like you can only say that so many times before it just starts to sound regal in a way. Um, and now it's it's kind of like they're giving him sort of a name that sort of fits his style a little better, I think. Uh, so the whole the whole thing with yes, he absolutely mutilated Punk uh, for a good portion of this thing. And part of me the entire time was like, all right, when is punk switch going to hit and he's going to make this work somehow. And then when it happened, it wasn't, obviously it wasn't surprising for me because MJF is dragging this thing out the whole time. There's all these bits with MJF, do this, do that. And then they did the table spot and it was like this long reluctant table spot. There was too much dead space in between. And that's, that's like an old wrestling trope. When you have a big guy that does these power moves, if they wait too long, you give, you give your smaller, more athletic guy time to rebuild their stamina and come back, you know? Uh, but I think it was like a surprise roll-up he beat him with. Mm-hmm. Which That's was what he beat him with. Surprise roll-up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he did, there's no way in a real fight he would have had enough gas in the tank to be able to pull that off and pin a guy Wardlow's size who had zero damage. There right. was he, he took like no Nothing. offense whatsoever. Um, Nothing. So I thought that was a little strange. Uh, now, I, I I also think it's kind of weird that they're dragging this whole heel turn out. Um, it's not even a heel turn. I, I don't know if it's a baby face turn at this point. It's, it's weird in AEW because so many people are so over that labeling them a baby face or a heel doesn't necessarily work. They're just over as shit. Yeah. And even if you want them to get booed, they're fucking not going to be. And right. sometimes if you want them to get cheered, they're not going to be. So, and I think MJF is like a great example of that. Like yeah. he's so fucking over, but he's such a dick. And it's because he's a dick that he's so over. And there's this, there's this vibe. It reminds me of like the mid nineties where it's actually, you're the baby face if you're a bad guy right now. Right. Um, and I think that, that that's working with a lot of their characters, Britt Baker included. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, there's an interesting program there. I don't, I mean, what, what else could we have gotten out of this match? Wardlow wasn't going to beat CM Punk one, two, three, super fast. Because that wouldn't have made sense. CM Punk is a legend in the business. People love him way too much. They're not going to, they're not going to be like, you just, you just sacrificed him. But also Wardlow's got a lot of following now as well. He's got a lot of people behind him that weren't going to be like, okay, CM Punk can just come out here just because he's an older guy and he's a vet and all this other stuff. People love him so much. He's going to beat Wardlow. I didn't know which way this was going to go. I'm not surprised, but I am a little disappointed. Mm -hmm. Um, I I do love that when Wardlow like grabbed MJF's fingers, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, 
here we go. And Sean Spears was the one that stopped it. And for a minute I went, oh, they're both getting destroyed now. Right. And Wardlow didn't, didn't, I, I would have grabbed a chair and hit Sean Spears with it. And then I would have probably done some kind of suplex to MJF on top of Spears. And I think yeah. that's, that's the way I would have wrote that. I think if I was the pencil in this situation and obviously I'm not. So I, I, I like what they did. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting impatient, I think. And that's clouding my vision a little bit. I want to see Wardlow do something awesome. Um, yeah, I, I could talk about this for a really long time, guys. So, uh, Rafe, I'm genuinely surprised by your opinion. Really? Uh, I, I mean, it's Wardlow. Yeah. You know? And MJF, you had them both on screen at the same time. I figured you'd have been like, woo! But hearing your perspective now, I'm like, well, okay. So there's probably a lot of people that feel that way as well. Pro yeah, and I mean, I think that I think I would have been happier with it if Punk came up with a more innovative way to win. You know what I mean? He's supposed to be the veteran. He's supposed to have a lot of tricks up your sleeve. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it, it, and I figured, okay, he's got a lot of tricks up his sleeves. Now I'm looking at this. I'm like, I know he's not going to lose. Okay, number one. Right. No, he's not going to lose. But so how is he going to win when he's that down and out? So to have that quick roll up like that, maybe that was, a, a, you know, I don't see that as, as a very tricky move. But I kind of thinking that, you know, while CM Punk's done this for so long, there's got to be some other type of way to, 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 to win this match. And maybe I was just expecting too much, or maybe this is what AEW is trying to do to try to like really, really pump this up to where they're going to have the Wardlow turn, the pinnacle of MJF and CM Punk, and they're going to combine it all together. And it's going to be this really cool explosive thing, which I'm hoping yeah. that it was uh, to say that I wasn't entertained by that match. That's a, that's not true. I thought right. I was very entertained by it. I was psyched to watch it, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I just, that last move, that's really what it was. Could that last move have been a cooler move? You know, something a little that really shows Punk is like the super mega wrestling guy, and he knows all the moves. Like, I think like a Serena Deeb would have pulled out a move because she's got all the moves, you know what I mean? Something like that. So that that's, that's really the only thing I was disappointed about. So Well, I think maybe... And yes, all those points are very accurate. Um, I think maybe, and you know, and this obviously it's speculation. Maybe they did this finish as a way of, you know, we know there's not going to be a good finish for this. We know there's no lo logical way that this could end and have everybody happy. Um, maybe because Punk couldn't pull anything else off at this point. Maybe that's why they're like, all right, let's do a roll up because he's got nothing left. That's mm -hmm. his last stitch effort, right? Mm -hmm. And again, you're not going to have a beat. You're not going to have Wardlow beat Punk because Punk is God to so many people. Um, I just, it, it's, it's a weird situation. I think uh, I kind of want Punk to be not the guy that's involved in this storyline. Hmm. I think, I, think I, I don't think you're alone in that. I really don't think I, you're alone in that. Go ahead, Tim. I think, I think well, there's other thing things. No, you go Sorry. ahead. Your I, I just, I think there's other things Punk could be doing right now. Like, I feel like he could be elevating other people and they could have somebody else in this storyline with this thing uh, that maybe isn't so beloved. 
Mm-hmm. And so there's not as much of a, well, what do we do with this? There could be more decisive stuff happening and maybe make the storyline a little bit more believable. Right. So, but on that, if they would have halved the power bombs, it would have been more believable. Like if they just did half of the power bombs, but it was so yeah. many, I think is what the issue was. To me, the technique made sense. I mean, a big guy like that, an accidental like sneak up roll up made sense to me, but he shouldn't have been able to move or talk. He should have been totally lights out, like way like four p- power bombs in. So it was the power, yeah. no, it was the sheer amount of power bombs that made it unrealistic. And I just think that you should like if 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 everyone's so precious and all these gods, well, what happened with the tag team match with the Lucha Brothers? I didn't get my gods saved. So whose gods get saved here? And and, and we should never see things coming. You want excitement. Right. I mean, of course you don't want to like piss everyone off so that they never watch again, but that's the excitement of storylines is like you don't see it coming and nobody is so precious. Like I love an upset. I love an upset uh, until it's my favorite person. Then of course I'm going to be on here bitching about it, but, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, not, it's like, who do we decide is so precious that they can have like a gazillion power bombs by Wardlow and still walk away. So, right. I mean, what I think, like, I understand, like, if it would have been someone less precious, but at the same time, having him be so precious and beat him, it would have been really exciting. And it would like, have been... an example. What if it had been Cody Rhodes instead? True. Well, no, this none of us went, care this about This would have went completely differently. Because well, none people of us do care, about, care about him, though, and he is kind Thank of you. at that same level of... Uh, He's, you know, he's um, he's he's majorly over. Even if right now it's in a way that doesn't look like he's over, he's still very over. Okay, I agree. Considered a wrestling legacy. Um, I just, I I really, Cody Rhodes is a good example. Someone else that might be a good example is like, um, well, his brother Dustin obviously doesn't fit this picture at all, but he's amazing. Uh, uh, so. There's, there's a couple other guys. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that this would make more sense with. Cody Rhodes is the one that jumps out to me the most. But the program just isn't working. I, I, you're right about the, the amount of power bombs. But I think, again, the only saving grace there is that time they had in between all these things with MJF barking at Wardlow. Mm-hmm. True. But yeah, I, I hope that they like do something this week. Does everybody yeah. feel like something big will happen? I thought that the last few weeks, I don't want to get my hopes up because I don't know what they're doing with this thing right now. I want something to happen already. Um, It'd be great if they start to move this thing forward in a way so that Wardlow can get away from it. We can start building a new program with him and maybe do something different with MJF. You're right, Rafe. I think MJF's kind of being sidelined on this a little bit, which is strange to me. Uh, But I do think they've already done the MJF punk feud long enough. Those guys went toe-to-toe on the mic. They did everything they could. I don't think they could do better. Short of seeing them in the ring, you know, for like a, a, a one hour draw match, I don't think there's anything that's going to really put either one of them over in this program anymore. So everybody kind of needs to move on from this. Uh, and the faster we do that, probably the better. Otherwise, everybody in this thing is going to get stale. I have one last thought on that. Do you think that the reason that they're not focusing on the MJF punk thing anymore, which we're all like, that was settled, is that um, uh, it's going to be Wardlow against MJF. Like we're going to see that fight. 
that match. And then also, uh, obviously, we're going to see Spears and Wardlow at one point. That's where I feel like they might be building up to all of that, which will be really like, because, and this is where storylines matter. Because if we're all in on this storyline and they go against each other eventually, it's going to like, it's going to be high stakes, exciting. So this is why like building up, you know, characters and storylines, you know, it makes us more connected and excited. So I feel like eventually that's got to happen. And Wardlow's going to fight MJF and Wardlow is going to fight uh, Spears. And I feel like, yeah, Punk's not really a part of this anymore. I feel like what's going to happen is that's going to happen. And I think, and I think that I, I said this last week, I think that this might, this may happen, that Wardlow's going to join CM Punk's faction and they're going to start a faction, which would make sense if you're looking at it. It sort of does, but after how many times he powerbombed him, I was a little skeptical of that theory. So we'll see if you get a gold star on that one, Ray. Because I'm thinking that you know Punk is he's he's your 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 nice guy now, right? He's your uh, uh, everybody's cool. I'm the good sportsmanship now, right? Right now, maybe maybe that's going to happen. Want that for a Wardlow? I do, because that'll make Wardlow that much more famous, man. That that's just going to push him that much higher. That he was in that faction, man. Just like just yeah. like how Jericho did that to MJF. I mean the same thing. I mean, look at look at the possibility of Wardlow doing like a full babyface turn, right? And he's this way for maybe a year, maybe a little more, and then he turns heel again and somehow ends up back with MJF, and it like shocks everyone. Maybe we get to the program with them, and he flips back, and you know MJF is suddenly in charge again, and they just laugh at everyone in the middle of the ring. Right. Perfect. I, I hope mean, that doesn't happen a, though. Well, I don't. I don't the way MGF treat, treats Wardlow. I've been a Wardlow fan from like the first time I ever saw him. Right, right, Rafe. I don't know that I necessarily want to see MJF and Wardlow in the ring together in an actual match because you can't elevate either one of them without destroying the other one. Well, too bad. They got to get better then. <laughs> I think I think there's cool background stuff that they could do in backstage segments, and you know MJF keeps sending his you know pit bulls after Wardlow, and I think they just tease it for a long time, and then maybe never get to the in ring stuff because I don't want to see MJF get destroyed by Wardlow. I want to see Wardlow destroy Sean Spears. Yeah, I, yes. I would love I think to we see all him want take that. on. That's true. I'd I'd love to see him take on FTR. You know, in a in a Ooh, one yes. in a handicap yes. match. Yeah. and destroy both of them. Yeah. Um, How do I feel about that? I'd, lo- I'd love to see some stuff with Tully, where yeah. Tully has to start ducking Wardlow. Uh, I think I think there's a lot of cool stuff that they could do with this without hurting MJF's character and without overdoing Wardlow. Yeah, that's true. I agree. That's good. All right, AEW, so- if you need any new writers, Christopher yeah. Hume is available for you. I think keeping the bridge open for the future for them to eventually do something collectively again would be cool. Um, I don't want to see that bridge burned because that's a good surprise down the road that nobody could, you know, it might just, we'll all forget about it. And then suddenly it'll be like, Oh shit. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Again, I could talk a lot about this thing. No problem. We like it. We all want to talk about it. This is one of my favorite rivalries to talk about so yeah no it's gonna that's gonna be great i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to the cm punk spears next week that's gonna be fun uh we'll see what happens there anything could happen at that point i'm thinking with this match i think anything could happen and and i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be exciting 
I'm so, curious to see if Wardlow is going to be ringside with Sean Spears at the Punk match, just like he was for this. Uh, what did he have? He had a match with somebody. Sean Spears did. He, it was a nobody. Yeah, it was like uh, I don't even remember the kid's name. Um, but that was that was interesting because Wardlow was still. He was like, oh, yeah, good yeah. job. It yeah. was sort of like yeah. sarcastic, but yeah. Spears wasn't picking up on it. Right. Um, yeah. I, I love the way they're writing this thing. It is. It's cool. With the two of them specifically, I don't yeah. know how I feel about the MJF and CM Punk and all this outside stuff. I like the Spears-Wardlow thing. I think there's a good program there. Oh, for sure. So then after that match, we all took a breath. And Hobbs and Dante come out. Dante wins the match. Starks tries to interfere. And then we got Jay Lethal that jumps in. Right. And Which, where is Leo Rush? I don't know. He's MIA. So I don't know what happened with Leo Rush, but... I have a theory. My thoughts on this match, I thought it's always fun to watch a high flyer wrestle a bruiser. For you sure. Know what I mean? And I think that... The way that they sold this to where Dante won was extremely plausible. And I kind of wish that, exactly. that was that was what would have happened with Punk. That's a perfect yes. example. Because yes. Dante beat him with his skills. Yes. You know, he could not beat Hobbs for his strength, but he beat him with his skills, went off that top rope, did that tub, double slam into his chest and threw him back. And then Dante wins the match. Um, I love it. I love Jay Lethal getting involved and, and getting on Dante's team, especially as, as athletic as Jay Lethal is. They'll, they'll make a great pairing. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, we'll start with you, Chris. How did you feel about the Hobbs and Dante? So you're absolutely right. This is how you do a big guy versus small guy believable story. Um the move sets were right. Everything felt realistic. Uh, Dante is still, there's still something, there's something missing. I don't know what it is, um, but he worked really well with Hobbs in this. I thought they were both elevated by it. Um, neither one of them came out looking any worse. They def, uh, I, it's hard to argue that either one of them really looked better at this point, uh, except I did see a little bit more from Hobbs in this where it kind of, you're starting to see that sort of more, broad i can do this this and this kind of a thing um whereas dante is dante you know we didn't see really anything new from him because he's already he does everything yeah. uh except the faces man it still drives me crazy um <laughs> but i like that lethal got involved with this and i want to say lethal is kind of playing a sort of cody rhodes role right now after getting into the company he's sort of coming out and helping the underdogs for no specific reason nobody's really mentioning it um, it just makes sense. Uh, and there was some stuff that happened with Lethal later, too, that was interesting um, mm -hmm. with Ricky Starks and all that. Uh, I, you know, I have a theory about where Leo Rush is because I feel like this should have been Leo Rush's thing to come out and help. Uh, I think maybe he pissed off Tony Khan because we haven't seen him on TV since he asked for the apology um, mm -hmm. about the whole big swole deal. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. Maybe he has COVID. Maybe they just don't have, maybe they don't feel like he's fitting the story. I don't know. Uh, but it did feel weird to have a sub for this because it seemed like this was where Leo Rush was supposed to, you know, ha ha, we fooled everybody. You guys are all idiots. Um, 
and I, I don't know what's going on with that. So I think there's some some backstage stuff happening. Now, again, I love that Hobbs is getting some recognition. I love that they're starting to show him more. Um, I think this could be a great program moving forward. I think he's got a lot to offer as just a solo guy. Uh, and like I said, I'm not a huge fan of the Team Taz thing. I don't really get it. I don't know why they're together. They don't necessarily make sense together, any of them. There's not a lot of chemistry. There's the FTW title, which is, you know, seemingly pointless. It's unrecognized. But now that there, there's other stuff with that happening, too, I'm sort of excited about that. Um, I don't feel like Team Taz is actually a team, if that makes sense. I feel like they're just a couple of guys that are on the – it's like it's like when you have rappers that are on the same record label and, like, they do a song together. It's like, you guys definitely don't hang out, but okay, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like the match, though. I know that. What did you think, Tammy? So I have my notes, and this is what they say. <laughs> right in it, even before the bell, Dante Savage. Hobbs slowed him down and takes his time beating down Dante. Good escape by Dante. Whoa! Dante bounced out of the ring, and Starks pounced. Desperation elbow strike by Dante. I'm not, is that, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, that's fine. Dante got... Desperation elbow? Is that a move? Dante got his energy back and starts flying around. Whoa, tornado. Jay Lethal helps out Dante and Dante gets Hobbs for the win. Fantastic. So I guess I liked it. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say before we move on to the next uh, promo about the FTW title. I think that's genius. And I'll tell you why. Because it's a useless title with a useless faction that all of a sudden is becoming important and it kills me. I think that that is, I think that is brilliant. But it's like the, sure. the, the how the light world work, works. Right. Like most of this shit is useless. Right. And, and it's, so it cracks me up. So I do like it. it. I can see where the hardcore wrestling fans are just like, this is junk. You know, it's like, yes, I can see it. But as a person that's coming into it, like I watched wrestling when I was, between 12 and 15 okay so that's you're talking the 80s people we're talking hulk hogan okay so yeah and my favorite wrestler was george the animal steel so now coming into it going forward we're looking at this fake belt that people are making a big deal about i think it's genius (laughs) i think it's funny (laughs) it's a fine line though because when you have a belt that's not officially recognized by the company and it almost is like a fake title in a way yeah you could you could really jump very quickly to the conclusion that none of these titles actually matter this is wrestling okay yeah I, i get that it kind of it kind of without even having to be associated with them, it sort of lowers the important the importance of all the other titles. Hmm. Like in an indirect way. And I don't know that a lot of people would feel that way, but it's it's that's what it's doing for me. Hmm. Okay. Well fair enough. I, agree. I that, that there you go. That's fine. That's fine. So that after that we go to a promo and it's the inner circle. They're getting their award for the faction of the year because they got they got um, voted for the faction of the year. And so they're interviewing him. He's interviewing by Fathead, who's what Jericho calls him. <laughs> and um, so Kingston jumps in, 
and starts going off. He's looking at he's looking at proud and powerful. He's like, "You're not champs. Jericho's not going to make you a champ." And that, so then, proud and powerful walks away from Kingston, and then Jericho gets up in Kingston's face and starts threatening. Thoughts? I mean, can I just say first of all? Poor Alex Marvez, man. Everybody just shits on him constantly. And the dude does a great job. You know what I mean? Like, he's 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 good on the microphone. He's very, like, he's what you want for an interview guy. I feel bad for the dude. Because uh, literally everybody just shits on him all the time. Yeah, but um, I think that's kind of his, his deal. He's supposed to be a stooge. He's like Brandon Cutler, you know? Yeah, so here's here's how this is looking to me now. Jericho and Kingston are like divorced parents who used to be together, you know, and they raised these two boys and now, now they can't agree on what's best for them. Right. And I'm talking about Santana and Ortiz. Yeah. That's, that's what it, that's how it feels to me when I'm watching the two of them squabble and, and, and literally all the kids left the room. Right. Like it was, it was very, it, it was unique in, in the sense that I don't know that I've seen it this way before. And I don't think I've ever seen like a whole group of younger guys leave a room when the two older guys start arguing, but that's, that felt very real. Like, Oh shit, uncle Eddie and, and Chris are at it again. Right. <laughs> Let's go have a cigarette outside or something and let these two cool off. You know, it was, it was, it's, I like it. I just, I don't really know. I don't understand where it's going. I don't know. I don't know what the payoff's going to be here. Um, yeah. Is one of them going to get custody? I, you know, it's just, I, I, I'm, I'm also, as much as I love Chris Jericho, he, I'm not getting what I want from him now that he's back to after, you know, the Fozzie tour and all that stuff. And he did yeah. the cruise and everything. And then he came back. I was expecting maybe a little bit angrier of a Jericho. And I feel like we're getting this sort of like, he's supposed to be kind of conflicted. He's, you know, he's a bad guy, but he's trying to help everybody. And it just doesn't feel natural. Um, right. I would love to see him just hit Eddie Kingston straight in the face with a baseball bat and have them go to like a real war level type program. Yeah. I think we both, I think it would elevate both of them. I think they both need it to still be, considered serious because i think eddie kingston's character i think they're using it a little bit loosely right now and they're they're kind of he just feels sort of almost brian pilmy brian pilmy back in the day where it's like the loose cannon thing you never know what's gonna happen right and like i, I want to see a little bit more of eddie kingston working circles around everybody in his head because i feel like in real life he's a legitimately smart guy he definitely understands the business in a way that a lot of people don't. I want more from this. I think we'll see more develop. I really do. Um, I think it's a cool kind of rivalry because I think he, they really want to, they're really going to pull proud and powerful out of the inner circle. I really think that that's going to yeah. happen. I think yeah. that that's what they want to do. And that some other tag team is going to jump in with Jericho and that Jericho is going to like find that gold, those golden wrestlers as his, has his tag team in the inner circle. So, which could be Fuego and Sammy, which could be a lot of different combinations. So I, I feel like that that's coming. So um, 
What's your thoughts on that that promo with Jericho and Kingston and this little rivalry that they're starting to build up and their their animosity towards one another? Tammy, me? Yeah, you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I have no opinion. I just feel like I want to see where this goes. I, I was a little bit like not completely understanding it, but on one hand, I understand. Like it seemed like. Uh, Kingston was mad because Jericho jumped in and finished a fight for him or helped him. I mean, I'm the same way. Like, I don't like someone fighting my battles for me. So, but I would still appreciate someone trying to have my back. But then with the promo, it sounded like it was more self-serving for Jericho to, to jump in. It wasn't something to help his buddy out. And I am not emotionally invested in any of this right now at all so I don't really care I, I have okay. no real strong feelings I, I like Kingston um so there needs to be something more emotionally involved in this battle and I don't have that it's just like if, if it's like I look at it as if it was I've been in similar situations even with you remember when I had to push you out of the way and hit someone upside the head back in the day because they insulted I me that. And I wanted, I personally wanted the satisfaction of writing that wrong. I did not want someone to come in and do it for me. True story, so people. I, ladies and gentlemen, I'm old. I'm, I don't promote violence, but I have been violent. But in this day and age, I use that energy in other ways. Like I use it as an activist and try to use it for good. Okay. But I still want to have my say for myself. So in that way, but at the same time, if someone's trying to have my back, I, I wouldn't like go off on them in that same way. So I'm not sure. I don't understand all the emotion attached with something that could easily be resolved. Like, hey, dude, next time I got this and I'll just give you a signal if I need you. Right. right. But now right. it's like this giant ordeal. And I feel like I'm missing something. Like, why are they having beef with each other? Did I miss something? Did Was there something in the storyline where it's been building? Because I didn't see that coming. So I don't totally get it. So I need something more dramatic to like pick a side. And as far as Kingston goes, he's beloved. We all love him. We like to see him. He feels to me like right now he can barely walk. I don't know what's going on. It looks all broke up. And, you know, I feel like he needs a vacation. I feel like he needs some time to relax, to heal and come back badass without any of this other stuff and do whatever he's going to do because he's lost a little bit too much recently. And I don't like that. And I don't think, I think he, he can do better, whether Jericho's around messing with him or not. That's how I feel about the whole thing. Yep. All right. So I think those that, are some good points. Those are very good points. That's awesome. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how that develops. I, I mean, I think it'll, I think it'll still be a cool storyline going forward, but that's pretty cool. All right. So then after that, MJF comes back out. He starts going off. He says, he says that Wardlow got a fluke victory over an oaf is what CM Punk got that victory. That's what MJF quote. That's a quote from MJF. That and it CM did Punk feel like a fluke, so that makes sense. A fluke victory over an oaf and that he powerbombed him into oblivion, which, you know, he did. It's true. And then that basically set up the Sean Spears versus CM Punk. He's teasing, he's teasing, he's teasing. I'll give you the match you want. I'll give you the match you want. Everybody wants the MJF match, of course. But then all of a sudden we knew... Because there's one more left. We knew it was going to be Sean Spears. And that basically sets up the Sean Spears thing. So I don't know. I don't really think we need to talk too much about that. That needs to be. No, we've covered all of that. So then after that, 
we got the elite promo. And the elite promos got everybody in the elite in the back. They're basically setting up that mixed match um, uh, promo between Statlander and Cassidy and uh, Britt and Cole, which I think is awesome. They're going off on Brandon Cutler. I think Britt Baker called him Brendan Butler at one point. I started cracking up. So I thought that that was pretty great. Uh, I love the fact that Britt is in that, in the mix with those guys. And talking shit like she talks because she's a great shit talker and she deserves to be in that kind of thing and doing those types of that type of stuff. And I'd like to see more of that. I mean, you don't see Anna Jay doing anything like that. You don't anything like that. So I love the fact that Brit's in there going sick and uh, and, and, you know, making her say. And I think that this match is going to be absolutely fantastic. Uh, Chris, any opinions on that elite promo? Uh, no, but as far as the name thing with Brandon, uh, I love that the Red Dragon boys are calling him Landon, too. There's a, there's a lot of Brandon so insignificant. I love that. Um, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't need him in this picture, but I'm glad that they're shitting on him a lot because it, it is that little element of humor that is kind of needed uh, to make this all feel a little more realistic. Yep, absolutely. Tammy, what's your thoughts on that promo? Uh, I, you know, I love seeing all of them and I just feel like anything I would say would rehash what I said about all of them getting together earlier. So, gotcha. So then after that, we got Adam page comes out. All right. He starts talking about winning the belt and then Dan Lambert comes out and starts saying that, Oh, there's no disrespect to you, but you are trying to be a cowboy and you're not a cowboy. Right. And then all of a sudden, the Murderhawk monster busts out. And we think he's going to attack Lambert because he was going after Lambert a couple weeks ago. And he starts attacking Adam Page, obviously setting up a match between Page and Lance Archer here. Tammy, what's your thoughts on this? My thought is just that I love seeing Lance Archer again. Woohoo! I love Lance. So I was just excited to see him. Where has he been? I'm I'm glad. I'm 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 ready for this. Excitement. That's my thoughts. I did not see that coming. I didn't either. At all. I love that it was a surprise. Like that's what I want. I want more of these. Like what? What? I want that. So, woo. Loved what it. You, how did you feel, Chris? I'm a little conflicted on it. Uh, I love Lance Archer. I'm glad to see him back. He looks totally different to me. I know that it's it it can't be it can't be as drastic as it seems because like yes, his hair is like a normal color now and he's got like a legit fuller beard, but the dude just looked bigger to me. He looked more massive and more menacing um, than previous iterations. I don't know if this is a look that's going to stick or if maybe this was a last minute thing and he didn't have time to do his whole gimmick up or something. Uh, but it did feel like more of like a oh shit, who's this guy kind of vibe. Um, and it did feel proper that he could come in and lay out Hangman. Uh, but what, what, why, and why is Lambert involved? That, what, like, where did the Lambert Hangman angle start? And how did Lance Archer jump in all of a sudden? That's where I'm confused. Like, yes, it's surprising in a good way, but it's also surprising in a way like, did I miss like four or yeah. five episodes? Like, yeah. Where the fuck did this come from? 
I don't know if I'm I, I don't know if I'm ready for this program yet because I have no backstory. I have no reason to invest so far, even though I really want to. Right. Like I want to be into this because Lance Archer and Hangman sounds like an awesome match to me. Uh, but what what the fuck is Dan Lambert doing? I'm I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go either, but I think it's really, really cool that they threw us such a curveball on that, that yeah. it wasn't anything that we were expecting. We were, we were, I, I know that. we were expecting all these other matches for first Hangman, mm-hmm. but for, for them to throw in Archer, especially I've been hearing the buzz on the internet, they're not using Archer enough, Archer's been wasted, he's not on yep. the program enough, he's a better wrestler than that, he was New Japan, he's an animal in New Japan. I mean, and just, and he did all those tag teams in there and wrestled in New Japan and was just, and how awesome he was. And then all of a sudden, AEW throws the curveball and he's getting, he's going to wrestle Adam Page. And I think it's cool. How Dan Lambert fits in, that's, that's exciting to see too. I got to be perfectly honest with you. So I think it's going to be cool. So I have a, a, a fun idea that had occurred to me. Back to the MJF Wardlow program. When Wardlow turns, MJF sees it coming. And Lance Archer is the one who comes out to save MJF. Mm. And he's his new big enforcer guy. Um, I think that could work a lot. I I don't want to say better because I don't know where this program's going. Mm. Um, But I I hope it happens down the road because I would love to see Lance Archer and Wardlow go toe-to-toe over and over again. Oh, sure. Uh, to help drag that story out because I think they would make some great matches and it would be really memorable. I like I said, I love all these guys. Not Dan Lambert necessarily. I still don't get it. But man, what a uh, surprising! Yeah, you know? great. It was great. surprising. Then I see how part. confusing that would be, but I'm, I'm I'm giving them the benefit that they're going to flesh out what's going on in the following weeks. I hope they they must yeah. do that. And I have always been all about, I've said it several times, Lance against Wardlow would be perfect. So yeah, we, yeah. I think like, but I hadn't thought about it in your terms, Chris, as far as it's because he's part of MJF's faction. So that would be, that really would be interesting. Absolutely. Although so- I just hate for anybody like Lance or Wardlow to be under the control of MJF. I think that just bothers me just because it's my personality that I like them and I don't like to be controlled and I don't like to see strong people controlled. So, Right. And that's an element they could build into bringing another guy into, into the pinnacle is, listen, I know that in the past, you you know, these guys have been your punching bags. I'm not going to be that. But as yeah. long as you got the money, I'm your guy. You know, yeah. I'll do what you say. That's don't, right. don't treat me like a punk because I'll knock your ass out. Like I feel oh, like I love it. now with Wardlow kind of being pushed away and we get him out of there, the next person that comes in could very easily be a different character and maybe change yeah. the way the pinnacle works. Ooh, yeah. I love this. I Very hope cool. this happens. That'd be really cool. So then after that, we jump onto the Arn Anderson promo, and then that turns into the FTR versus Bro- for Brock and uh, Lee Big Shotty. Uh, that's cool. Um, I like to see where that goes. Uh, I'm not, I can't say I'm overly excited about it, uh, but I think that, you know, all of those guys are really good wrestlers. So I think that that's going to make some good matches. Whether that makes a good storyline, I'm not 100% sure. I don't really know. Um, but I mean, you never know. It could, it could very well turn into something good. 
Uh, but I do think that that, you know, those are going to be some great matches. That's going to be a good tag team match regardless. Um, because I like big shoddy and I think Brock is coming around and he's, he's taken his beatings enough to where I think that, you know, he's getting a lot, whole lot better. Um, Chris, what do you think of that promo? I'm not really sure on this one. Uh, I don't have a lot of, I don't have anything theoretical to say. I don't really feel any certain particular way about this. I want to see what happens. Cool. What about you, Tammy? I mean, I must have been high as a freaking kite because I don't remember any of it. Okay. To be honest. All right. So then I don't we'll... remember this promo. All right, well, I have say... no, it's not on my notes. Okay. So then we'll, we'll move on from that. So then we get into the sheet. For medical reasons, people. I have met, I have a license for it. Okay. Go ahead. No, no one cares anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sheeta versus Deeb. Deeb comes out, yeah, attacks. Let's, that. let's actually talk about some matches. Deeb attacks uh, and dominates, dominates the whole match. Basically, just goes sick, takes out her knee right off the jump, starts beating on her, beat, beats her with the kendo stick. Then the ref stops the match. It's not even a tap out. It's not a pin. It's not a submission. It's nothing. It's it's done. The, the ref's like, oh, we can't take this anymore. This referee is over. stoppage. Yep. Referee stoppage of the fight. And then Sky brutal. Blue, TJ come out to help. That was a little side note. They came out to help Hikaru Shida. And then, of course, you see on the internet that, you know, she really took a beating on that knee for that. So, um, well, also, that, also on the internet, I've seen that maybe Shida's not getting her contract renewed and a couple other things. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not sure what they're doing with this right now. Right. Which, you know, that, that you know, yeah, absolutely. So, but for her to for, for Deeb to come out like that, she basically came out like a Lance Arch Lance Archer style. Just came out there, beat the beat the piss out of her, and moved on. Which is see now now this felt like it was the personal thing that we've heard about over and over again. Oh, this time it's personal. This time it's personal. Like Deeb legitimately seemed like she just wanted to hurt Sheeta, and she didn't give a shit anything about the wrestling. It was just about getting some kind of. Uh, serious injury put on her. And I mean, legitimately, those kendo stick shots, from what I understand, hurt like a bitch. They leave huge welts. Um, I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, great. It was a great match. It was just like, just relentless. I thought it's awesome. I think it sets up Deeb as being a great heel. I think she's going to be a heel throughout that whole thing. I think she's going to go after Ty Conte. I think she's going to go after Anna Jay. She's starting with Sky Blue. She's going to like, she's going to beat up a bunch of Barbies, which is going to be great. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. Uh, Tammy, what are your thoughts on this match? Fuck yes. I love the brutality. Oh my goodness. My notes. I'll bring them out. Deebs attacks on the runway. Love it. Deebs brutal. Making Hikaru pay. Serena bursting out crazy good moves. Match stopped. Wow. One by brutality. Deebs goes berserker. Yes. Love it. Love the drama. And then was there something between Aubrey and Deebs? Because I don't understand what my notes say. Something about a belt or a beat between Aubrey and Deebs. Oh, I know what you're saying. She goes, get your fucking hands off me, is what oh, she yeah. said. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, my I, I wasn't sure if my notes said belt or beat, but it says beef. 
beef between Aubrey and Deebs. I loved it. I loved it. I, I, I really had a great time with that. But there's something about when people come out and they're completely brutal right away, completely unapologetic and get that shit done. I respect it. And I like it. And I don't know if it's just because my brain is very ADHD. I get like bored easily. So I need that like drama and stuff going on. And I just really love Deebs. I think she's super talented. I love unapologetic people. Yep. That was good. But. This is the only but yeah. I have is I'm ready for this rivalry rivalry to be done and to, for teams to go kicking more ass all over the women's division. I agree. I think it's done. Sure. I think it's over. Okay. So I want to say real quick, I wish this is the direction that we were getting with Eddie Kingston. Mm. Good point. Um, I Good feel point. I feel like this is really his personality in a way, you know start the fight before the match beat the shit out of somebody don't worry about who wins or loses let's do the damn thing uh i want to see more of that from kingston because it feels like it's right up his alley um and while i'm saying all that i wonder if maybe they could do something together that would yeah. be cool Ooh, oh oh yes cool. yeah super anyway. cool idea I think I think Deeb's going to be a great heel in the women's division. I think she's going to kill it. So I can't yeah. wait to see more fights with her. I think she's awesome. I've, you and know. they honestly they need they need more strong, badass, unlikable woman gimmicks in this company right now because they don't have any. Yes, yeah. who can back it up? Who, who can, can back, back it up? It up? Right. She's right. got skills. She's like got the cutthroat, the cutthroat, nasty super well-trained in-ring technician, but also I'll hit you with anything I can grab. Mm-hmm. I, I really dig it. And there's not enough that uh, they they need this badly. Absolutely. So then after the deed match, we saw the promo with the, uh, with uh, the Jurassic express and the dark order. Jungle boy is doing everything in his power, not to laugh at Johnny Hungy because Johnny Hungy is so damn funny that he can God, barely keep crazy. a straight face. So, I don't really, we don't really need to go too much into that. Dark Order is super goofy. They're fun as hell. I love them. I think everybody loves them. Everyone loves the Jurassic Express. It's an interesting match, and I liked it in Rampage, but we'll get to that when we get to Rampage. Um, And it's just a promo. So Uh, if I laughed, I laughed so hard when Luchasaurus did his big growl and then did the tongue thing, and then Silver looked at him and was like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was like a little flick. It was just so, oh, God. It was that, so that funny. Guy, that guy is so brilliant. Oh, it was so funny. They're so he's funny. Like, and they're so entertaining. Yeah. I think he. I think Johnny Hungy's a national treasure. He is. He's he is. Fun. He is. He's, he's the best. And I'm so glad he's in AEW because anywhere else, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be getting all the screen time he's getting, and he deserves it. Right. He does. Absolutely. So then after that, we get into the match. It's Hardy versus Penta. This goes out. Uh, basically, what happens is Hardy does, has a great match with Penta. They go back and forth. Um, they do a lot of flips, a lot of great things. Hardy misses the moonsault. Penta wins. Then, after that, Penta calls out Malachi Black. Malachi Black shows up. Right? They start going off. And then the varsity blondes come out and start kicking Malachi's ass. And Julia tells him to stop, tells them to stop. Now we have to keep that in mind. 
Julia says, stop, don't stop beating up Malachi. Malachi starts looking at him and laughing, points to everybody, goes one, two, three. The lights go out. Brody King shows up. And I mean, I'm just standing there like, yeah, there was one kid in the back in the, in the audience. He just stood there like this with his arms <laughs> up in the air. And that was me at, on the couch. I was just like, yes. <laughs> the kings of the Black Throne have arrived into AEW. The rivalry starts with the Varsity Blondes. Uh, this is fantastic. I love it. I The highlight of the night for me, I'm telling you right now, and I cannot wait to see this match between them and the Varsity Blondes. I mean, Brody King just came out clean house. And that's, I mean, it was great. Chris, thoughts? So do you remember when you texted me when they announced this match? And yeah. you were like, what? What the, why? Right. This is why. They yeah. needed something to set this thing up. And honestly, it was a perfect way to swerve it because I did not see this happening at the end of this match. No. I was like, oh, okay, this is a pretty cool match. And I remember texting back, like, it's going to be good either way. Like, both of them are going to, it's going to be cool. And I don't yeah. think I've seen it yet. Uh, and man, so there's a lot to unpack here. And I'm going to do this brief because I don't want to, I don't want to talk forever. The whole thing with <sighs> Julia Hart. I don't, I'm confused. I'm confused because they left her off TV for a long time and I ranted about this already. And then now she's she's stopping the blondes who both got their asses handed to them by Malachi already. She's yelling at them and it's almost more, I couldn't, I'm trying still to decide if it was no, please, he's gonna kill you all. Or if it was no, please, I don't know why, but I love him, sort of a thing. Uh, I, it, it was weird, but good weird. You know what I mean? Uh, and the whole, the lights going out and all that stuff. And then Brody came, like, by, by that point, I knew it was coming because mm -hmm. they've been building this thing. I honestly didn't know, though, if Julia Hart was going to be standing in there with the two of them when the lights came back up. Right. Um, I was waiting for that moment or at some point for her to grab any one of them and do some kind of crazy stuff off the top rope or something to where, you know, she's jumping down off the ring. I, I, I didn't know. Uh, I like how this is playing out. I want it to be bigger. I want it to be more built. I want to see, I want everybody to go into the house of black right now. Like I, I all these people, I'm like, Oh, this would be good. That would be good. This would be great. I'm just really excited. And I hope that, it's not a short-term thing where it's like, oh, we're going to push them on TV for a couple weeks, and now they're just a faction that hangs out and fights, you know, once or twice a month. I want to see this be a huge deal. Let's hope it is. Uh, other than that, I was happy to see Penta um, because, you know, I, I sort of thought we weren't going to have either one of them on TV for a little bit, and I'm glad that they're just keeping him doing his solo program at the time. Uh, I hope they continue that because Pentagon is amazing. He cannot, he cannot be on TV enough, in my opinion. Um, I hope Ray Phoenix is doing well. Um, but this, this Malachi Black, Brody King, the Kings of the Black Throne, is that what they called it? Uh, it it's all very, very compelling stuff. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I don't want AEW to do like a watered down version of this. I want them to go like full mythology, full like give me some huge long backstory about how this is some kind of family-like bond. I, I want it all. <laughs> I, I really do. I want this thing to go on and just be epic. And I hope it is. Tammy. That's it. So before all of that, just the, a couple notes I have just from the Penta versus Hardy match was I thought it was good theater with the catchphrase battle because they were going back with their catchphrase battles, yeah. right? You know, that was fun. Uh, and I thought that was kind of fun and good theater and entertaining. So I just wanted to mention that. I thought it was an energetic, great match. I would have never have thought to put these two together, but it was really a good match. And then, uh, and then I put Pento versus Malachi. Yes, that would be awesome. Even though I love both of them, but so what? That's okay. May the best person win. And when um, I put, Ju yes, Julia stops Griff. What? And then, uh, and then uh, um, Brody. Wow. You know, so I was really excited about all that. So those are just my notes. But uh, my thoughts uh, based on our conversation we're having now is, yes, I am invested because I am very interested in a lot of this mythology in my other life as an artist. Those symbols come up a lot. Uh, I, I mix a lot of those archetypes and symbols in a lot of the artwork I do. And I take a lot of that stuff very seriously. And it's one of the reasons why I love House of Black because I can relate to it on some level. So in my genealogy, my, my father's grandmother was from Denmark, you know, so I have a lot of family that is Nordic and Norwegian and things like that on that side. So, you know, ancestral kind of connection and stuff, if I choose to enjoy that, and I do. So, but I do think it needs to be done with care and it needs to be done with the right amount of good drama. This is just a perfect setup for really rich drama because you know, when it comes to like matters of the soul, like the dark night of the soul and decisions you have to make about who you are, that's really what it, I feel like House of Black represents. It's really like the, the, the deepest mirror to your soul about who you really are. I mean, we've all like had the metaphor of having temptations in our life to go one way or the other. And then you have to really reflect on who you are and what your values are and what you stand for. So um, I feel like House of Black brings out who you truly are. So that could be really interesting to see who the wrestlers truly really deep down inside the core of who they are. And to, then to embrace that, because nothing really is good or bad, you know, in, in, in the long run. So, but, and to, to truly embrace your own nature and then to, to use that nature to go in and like be excellent. You know, so like there's all these storylines over time that you could use. And so I'm really excited about the possibility of that. But I, you know, like who's writing the storyline here? You know, like, do they think about those kind of things? I don't really know. But if you do, there could be a lot. And like so many humans can relate to those journeys subconsciously. So it could be so cool. And then just to have all this like dark badassery, which really isn't dark. Dark is connected to light. You cannot have one without the other. So that creates even more cool storylines with faces and heels and all kinds of things. So I like Chris. I'm very excited, but I hope that they do it with care and it isn't just like, oh, they're House of Black, they're a gimmick and they're on the side there and they show up every now and then. 
you know exactly. like yeah good point good point and so real that, quick i want to skip ahead one thing because there was that the pack segment right after the next match yeah. are they is he getting pulled in too because he's the either. whole the way you just described everything tammy fits the things he was saying like i see more clearly now than ever and all these things like i, I expected this to feel like it was going to be i want revenge and it feels more like a thank you and like a love letter mm-hmm. um i'm digging it but pack had the tarot card that said justice on it so right have to keep that in mind but what does that really mean though that could be interpreted right. multiple ways so i i looked at it obviously you can look at it in two ways it's it's easy to look at it in two ways one pack joins the house of black or two penta and pack go after brody and malachi which is a which is you know a uh, something that would be easy for them because pack and penta have done the tag team thing they're in the um, death triangle yeah. a lot of this stuff would make sense yeah yeah so with that being said I'm very curious about where that's going to go with Pac. Because I think Pac is one of the best fucking wrestlers out there, dude. Oh, he's amazing. He's so he's great. Amazing. I mean, period. So, yeah, well, so, yeah, so we'll keep our, that we'll is keep an our interesting eye on that. Point. That'll be interesting. That could go a lot of different ways depending yeah. on how you interpret it. Because yep. there's still think, unfinished business with Pac and other people, too. Right. Yeah. Right. But I think I think with his involvement in this storyline, either way, whichever way they do decide to take it, I think there's some good fruit there. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I think I think it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be good. But again, they have to treat the House of Black seriously and 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 do it justice. I think that they will. I think they've got a lot invested in it, and I think he's such a big name now that I think they're I think they'll they'll move it to the right way. So then after that, we had the which I really thought was bad was with the trio match promo with, with uh, Statlander velvet and legit. And they kind of like tried to play up their beef together. Okay. I think I, my, my battery's about to die. So while you're talking, I'm just going to plug in. Okay. All right. So anyway, I, that wasn't even worth They They obviously need to get some more practice on their promos. Yeah. They're it's great not wrestlers, working. but yeah, it's it's just doesn't seem to be working well for me. Um, and then after that, we had the match between the acclaimed versus bear country. Now, I thought that this was a fun match. I thought it was, it was pretty cool. Uh acclaimed steal the win. Then Sting and Darby Allen attack them. Breaks his boom box with the bat, which I thought was totally cool. It pushes this storyline, which is interesting where we're going with this, but that's cool. I think it's going to be, they're going to be good matches anyway. Um, I'm glad to see Bear Country on the big show. Always glad to see them. They're great wrestlers. They help, they, they lift up their partners very well when they, um, when they wrestle against them and uh, it's a blast. And so, you know, and I guess that's like 33 wins for the acclaimed. They're trying to say that they've got the numbers to challenge for the belt which I think is very true. I mean, if Tony Khan wants to do the stats, I mean, the stats got to be the stats and you got to give the people that have the stats the chance. So um, what did you think of this match, Chris? So I, you, you kind of covered it there. It was a good match. It was very entertaining. Uh, I love bear country. Um, I kind of wish that they weren't 
didn't have to get sacrificed in this way because for them being on TV, I want to see them win a couple times, you know. Um, but they they make everybody look good, and I think that's what's and that that might be the most important note from this whole segment is how well Bear Country does a job. Right. Um, I mean, they're they're it's they're so good at making all of their opponents look fantastic without looking like they suck. Um, you know, they, they definitely got some of their shit in too. So that was cool. Uh, I, so my notes on this honestly were great ring work, good lead in, but then I have Darby and Sting come out. This feud is kind of weird. Um, cause I don't, I'm not super behind the acclaim versus Sting and Darby Allen. I don't, I, it is, I it don't, is, it's weird. It is. It's not like Sting and Darby Allen are in line for the tag championships right now. Um, so that motivation and the, we deserve a tag title. Yeah, you do. You do. Acclaim deserves a tag title shot, but what the hell did Darby and Sting have to do with that? And it also led to that really stupid video that came on uh, rampage. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like the acclaim though now. So I wanted to see something better, I guess, for them. Um, I think the Sting and Darby thing, it's I'm getting a little frustrated with it now, and I love both of them, but I'm tired of the snow, I'm tired of the not talking. It's been done by Sting himself over 20 years ago for a very long time. I'm ready to see something else happen with this. Uh, yeah, I don't know where we're going, really. And I, I hope it's okay. Acclaimed versus Bear Country, Tammy. Um, was that on Dynamite? It was. Okay. Hold on. I have notes. Okay. Uh, I thought there was lots of energy from everyone and great match. Love, I love Bear Country, so I'm always biased. So I really love Bear Country on the main stage. And I thought Acclaim did well. Yeah, that's really that's really what you can say about it. And then it sets up the match for Darby Allen and Sting. So yeah, I mean that's all my notes. It says it's fun. Lots, lots yeah. of energy from everyone. I really enjoyed that match. It was uh not a match I think I would have come up with on my own, but I thought everybody like gave their all and it was just good to see Bear Country on Dynamite. I really like that. Yeah. That's then, all I have. Cool. And then after that was the, the Bastard Pack promo. Uh, yeah. We sold the, tar the card. So that and then we had the Idolo promo with Hardy where mm -hmm. Idolo says, we're going to talk business here. Hardy leaves private party behind and says, hey, let's go back in the room and let's have a talk about that, about taking care of some business. So that's... And leading into that, Hardy was saying, you know, I need to focus on me. I need right. to stop worrying about these guys and the rest of House Hardy. And I was like, yeah, you do, Matt. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? You've been just being a manager for a while, it feels like. Like, go and do something for yourself. I was excited about that. Yeah. Um, and I love I loved Private Party's reactions to all yeah. these things. They're all like, huh? But what? So I they're entertaining. That, that they're was like, really I know cool. ain't talking about us. Yeah, no, no, no. no. So shots, I think I shots, think that, shots, shots. Okay. I think ahead. it's good. I think it's gonna be really fun to see where Idolo and Hardy go. And I think obviously Hardy's brother's gonna come in here at some point. 
Jeff Hardy's going to come in. So that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Too. So once once Hardy's brother comes in there, that's another great tag team. It seems like AEW has nothing but tag teams, but that's awesome. And uh, so what did you think of that promo, Tammy? Didn't we already kind of talk about it? Yeah. Or Oh, no, we didn't. We talked about the pack one. No, we're talking about either I don't have anything to add. Whatever okay. you said was good. Cool. I, I mean, I think I feel the same way. I'm not going to waste time. Nice. And then I, I tell you one thing, I wish they would have revisited it while they were in a room somewhere talking because I, I, I want to be a fly on that wall and hear what these two are concocting. Because right now, right now, I don't see really a storyline that makes sense moving forward for them as any sort of working relationship. So I want to know what that's going to be because I'm very impatient. Yeah, they're both about money. So I'd have to do something with something that makes them both some money. That's yeah, all I right. know. So then we get into the final match of the night, the Guevara versus Garcia, Sammy, Ger Sammy Guevara versus uh, Daniel Garcia uh, with Inner Circle and Kingston on the side. 2.0 attacks Kingston and Jericho. Sammy wins the match, mayhem in the ring, and then there's the beef with Jericho and Kingston at the end. Christopher, thoughts? Kind of the same thoughts I had about the promo that they did. Um... I, I need I need more from Kingston versus Jericho. I need I need some stakes. I need some real uh, no fucks given attitude from Kingston on this. I don't know why he keeps holding back. If that makes sense, he doesn't hold back with anybody else. Why is he just not trying to beat the shit out of Jericho every two seconds? Um, and why is I just I just really don't get it. Like why. Why is this program even happening, really? I'm starting yeah. to think that maybe Jericho might be stepping away a little bit and doing less in-ring work, and so they might be trying to write him off of TV a little bit. Um, and I, that's, that's a very plausible future destination for this thing. Uh, I don't know that I care, though. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. It seems a little clustery to me. I, I don't know. See how that goes. Tammy, thoughts? Any thoughts on that? So as far as the promo goes and Jericho stepping back, that makes complete sense. He he does a lot of other stuff. But um, and he's getting up there and probably doesn't, I don't think he wants to do as many matches, but we all need to see. And I don't I don't know what's left on his contract at this point either, because he's been around from day one. He was like one of the first big signings they yes. had. And I can't imagine his contract was any more than three, maybe five years. So I don't know. Well, He's an amazing announcer. I love when he's on at the table. I mean, I just really think he's so God. colorful and energetic at, with his announcing. And we all need to sing the song with him. So he needs to do a couple matches a year just so we get that. But um, as far as like the match between Guevara and Garcia, it, uh, this interim bullshit, like let's just be done with it. It's a bad mark on the, the record here. Like nobody gives a shit. It means nothing. It was stupid. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes writers with you all, but like, come on, there's so many more creative ways, whatever your issues are behind the scenes that you could have wrote all this. And the thing is with like, you know how much I don't like Garcia, you know how much I love Sammy. So this, like, like, like Rafe said, this is a dream match, but I just didn't feel satisfied. I feel like Sammy needed to hang out with Debs a little more and been way more brutal with Garcia. Then I would have been, had the satisfaction I've been looking for. You know, I hate when he, Garcia yells. I hate the look on his face. 
And I just feel like Sammy could have been more brutal with him. Like then I would have been like all about it, but it was like not brutal enough. And the, in this whole like interim tag, like, what is this TNT champion? Yeah. (laughs) Come on. It's all bullshit. Like let's just be done with it. And next time hang out with Debs behind the scenes a little bit more and come out and just beat somebody's ass, especially Garcia's. He's a total dickhead. He's the heel. He's a great heel because he's so unlikable and he's vicious. So you need to be equally vicious if you're a champion. And that's how I feel about it. There you go. I I had no feelings either way on that match. It just seemed like, okay, they just, they almost felt like filler to me, but yeah. Yeah. And I think really it might be because we still don't have Cody back yet. And they're not really sure what they're doing with this interim shit. Right. It it does feel very thrown together, though. It, it was very thrown together. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but this okay. is the thing. It doesn't matter. Like I like so I teach little kids improv as one of my many crazy things that I do. Okay. Those improv kids could have improved their way into a much better scenario than that. It's really not that difficult. If you're a creative person and you're on a creative team and it is your job to come up with ideas. This was like, and you think and this is the best you could come up with. You need to reevaluate your creative team because there's so many creative ways you could have handled whatever challenge Cody's having behind the scenes. Yeah. I True. still stand behind the fact that they should have just held off on the match at all until yes. Cody was back. Agreed. True. Totally True. agreed. 1000%. Uh, Love so, you, AEW, but we got to tell you the truth, okay? You know, people that funny. in relationships, communication and truth telling is important. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, trust me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, Rampage, we move on to Rampage. First match of the night is Adam Cole, baby, versus Trey Beretta. Hey, so, Basically, to summarize it, uh, Trent starts ta- was taunting the Bucks and the Dragon. Trent hits swinging DDT. He can't pin him. Trent up on the ropes. Avalanche still can't pin. Cole hits a backstabber. Cole stomps, stomps stomping his foot. Trent suplexes Cole. Brainbuster still can't pin Cole. Apron pile driver by Trent. Cole hits the sunrise. Can't pin Trent. Cole attempts the sunrise. Trent slams it. Cole, two super kicks. Trent. Crunches Cole. Nick jumps up outside brawl. There's a whole outside brawl going on. I feel like you're cheating on your notes. All the fractions are gone. Then Cole finally pins Trent. That's the end of the match. (laughs) What do you mean I'm cheating on my notes? How am I cheating on my notes? You didn't write all that down while you were watching the match. Oh, no, I didn't. That sounds too good, Rafe. That (laughs) sounds too good. It's too good. So, you have to have fucked up weird notes like me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, we everybody's got a role to play here. We're good. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. Hey, I'm trying to get some of the technicality. That, first he's, of all, yeah, yeah. He's keeping the order. He's keeping I'm, the order. I'm trying, I'm trying to keep I'm just the order. Giving you a hard time. You no, know, it's it's tough to keep the order in the monkey house here. So you know that's <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> so, so I thought that was fun. I thought Trent and Cole matched up perfectly. I thought it was a fun match. Um, it was a great opening for um, uh, Rampage. It's a great setup for the match for Wednesday. Um, good stuff. 
I'd like to see the storyline keep continuing, man. Great moves. Trent's great. It's really the first time I've really seen him get down and dirty and wrestle uh, since he's been hurt. So uh, fantastic. I mean, great, great stuff. Adam Cole's just, he's just that dude, man. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, everybody loves him. He's just, he's got that thing about him, you know, just like Britt's got her thing about her and uh, makes him, makes him great, makes him a great heel. And I'm uh, looking forward to um, how all of that plays out in the future. Chris, what'd you think of this match? Uh, I loved it. Um, I was excited when I found out it was happening because I love Trent and I love Adam Cole, obviously. Um, and I wanted to see them do some work together. Uh, Trent looks super jacked. I think he's just getting bigger every week. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, he, something has changed about Trent, and I touched on this a while back. I really like Trent now as a character. I feel like there's more psychology with him. I feel like, I feel like his skill set has improved. I feel like physically he just looks like he's in better shape, maybe healthier. Um, and it was a really good matchup. Uh, at, at some points, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe Trent was going to get the win on this. Um, one thing that really kind of surprised me was how long it took for stuff to happen on the outside with all these characters surrounding this ring. I mean, that was 10, 11, 12. I don't know how many people were out there, but it was, it was a fucking lot. And nobody really started any static, which is unusual in a wrestling match uh, right. to have that many people standing around just being okay and not doing anything that they shouldn't be. Sure. Um but when it did happen, it was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then it was over. And I was like, oh, man, I wanted to see some crazy shit happen. I wanted to see everybody get in the ring and people throwing people out and somebody go over the guardrails. Um, so that was okay. It was a little underwhelming. But the match itself was fucking awesome, I thought. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I really like this whole storyline. I really do. I love Best Friends. I love everybody that's involved in this whole uh, whether you want to call them the elite or whether you want to call them the super click or whether you want to only talk about, you know, and, and Adam Cole in that promo, the whole, a new era thing that he did on dynamite, you heard the pop that got, mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of obvious stuff that people, you know, anybody who's been watching wrestling for a couple of years can figure it out pretty quickly that they're, they're very aware that they're playing with these lines. I think it's clever and I think it's not too overdone, which is cool. Um, I don't know. I, I really like this. I, I want to see more of it. I'm going to say that every time they have all these group of people on TV. So yeah, no complaints. Tammy. So I must do, I thought I saw some interactions outside the ring and even noted that they were fun. So we saw there was, it just, there was, it just didn't happen. Long time. Time. It, yeah, it, it happened at the yeah. end. I, I liked I liked what I did see. I thought there was a lot of fun stuff going on, but yeah, you're right. It didn't happen right away. I thought at first I was like, oh, it's a decent match, but then it kept go it get getting better and better and better by the minute. So I really enjoyed yeah. it. And um, I'm new to Trent, so I really enjoyed seeing Trent in action. Um, and then I, my note says, boom, on Beretta, and I just put. Even though she wasn't involved, that Brit adds a lot to this faction. <laughs> she does. She yeah. really does. She was shit talking. Uh, she was shit talking Trent at one point before he went to the outside 
while all the other guys were focused on something else. She was the only one up to, up next to the ring, like fucking throwing a wagging yeah. her finger at him and saying something. I was like, there you go, Brett. Get yep. in there. Get your TV yes. time. Exactly. So yep. I did enjoy it as well. I thought it was really good. Killer, killer match. I, I can't wait to see all of those guys match up and do yeah. this whole thing. Bobby Fish, everybody. I want to see everybody matching up against the best friends and, and yeah. like really playing. Yeah, I'm this excited all out. about this. This it's is something. Be really this cool. like redeemed the following week for me. It's kind of like like really exciting in time. It big reminds time. it reminds me of the nerds versus the jocks. You know what I mean? Yeah, very <laughs> it's much. Like, very like much. High, it's like a high school rivalry. It almost feels like. And that it, that is like the popular is, kids versus the nerds. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I love the best friends so much, I think, is they have that kind of like loser, outcast kind of a vibe. And I right. dig it. Yeah, and obviously, fun. you know, they're they're super over too. So oh, they are. I think it's fantastic. You're absolutely right, though. It is very much like the, the clicky kids versus like the weirdos and the freaks, right. if you will. Uh, yeah. It's, it's great. I mean, I love it. So, I, I mean, I think it's good for television. I think it's good for younger viewers. I think it's great. Yep. I think it's fun. Yep. So then after that, we had the Thunder Rosa versus uh, Mercedes Martinez promo. Uh, she was, she's the OG badass, so Mercedes Martinez. So that's going to be fun. I can't wait to see that match. I know that they have wrestled before in the past in the Indies. Um, so they have a ring experience with each other. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I think they're going to have a good match once whatever that match happens. It doesn't. They didn't say whether there's going to be a match or not. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. So, uh, Tammy, what's your thoughts on that? I don't know. I was a little bit high during that. I only like caught bits and pieces at the end. Chris? <laughs> so, so we move on? <laughs> um, so... My 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 written note on this is not sure if I'm excited. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean that's fair. The, the promo was a little weird to me. Uh, Mercedes Martinez with the whole OG badass thing. To me, that means like you've been in the game a long time and people know who you are and you're there to take fucking. You're just whooping ass all day long. I don't feel like she's got enough, especially in AEW. She doesn't have nearly enough uh, history to be saying things like that especially to Thunder Rosa, who is the OG badass right now in the women's division outside of Britt Baker. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Well, I mean, it should be fun. So then after yeah. that, we, we get into the Sean Spears versus Andrew Everett match. This is a quick pin to C4. And then Spears basically starts doing his promo. Wardlow comes out, um, and he's basically saying that Spears has the experience and he deserves it. He's a 20 year wrestler and the crowd starts chanting Wardlow. I don't know if you all caught that or not, but they started chanting Wardlow. Spears basically ignore, ignores it and then insults Wardlow and says that calls him a one move wonder. And then that sets up the challenge versus CM Punk for the next week. Chris. Thoughts. Uh, I don't think that was necessary. Um, we we already had enough seeds sprinkled on this thing this week. I didn't need that little bit of nonsense. However, it reminded me how good Sean Spears is cutting a promo. Um, I mean, he sounded legit, and a lot of what he said made a lot of sense. Um, and the fact that he was like, you know, I don't care if you guys like me. 
I don't care if I'm over. I don't care if I'm winning or losing. I'm just, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, you know, he's, he's like, he fu he's fully aware of his position in the company. And it's pretty rare that you see somebody that doesn't get any recognition say they don't give a shit. Right. Uh, so that was cool to me. Um, the punk promo part was good. The shit he said about punk was legit too. Uh, and those guys, I'm pretty sure, have crossed paths before somewhere. Um, I the, the the thing I'm looking forward to most here is what happens with Wardlow while this is going on. Um, I'm not necessarily, I don't really give a shit about Punk versus Spears, but I do give a shit about what that means for the rest of the story. That's it. Damn it. Are we talking about the match or just a promo? I don't understand. Uh, it basically was a match that turned into a promo. That match um, was a throwaway match. It was, it was so short. It definitely was, yeah. And so, Spears just know. murdered that dude, so. Yeah, it was, yeah. I, but I thought it was quite an intro for Spears. That was, like, more of a big intro for him. And I thought Andrew Everett looked like he could have had promise, but it was, like, lights out and too short all of a sudden. So, yeah, it was definitely all a goal for uh, shit-talking by Spears towards CM Punk and all of that for the promo, so. I don't think I have anything more to add. I think Chris, you like were really good at describing all kinds of different facets of that promo, and I have nothing more to add. There you go. Then after that, we come to the acclaim video that this is Sting and Darby. Okay, that's cute. I think it's going after a younger generation. Um, it's fun. I'm glad the acclaimed are more involved in things. I don't really have much more to say about that video, except it was entertaining, maybe crack up a little bit. That was about it. <laughs> Tammy, what's your thoughts on that video? I don't remember it at all. Chris? <laughs> yeah, that must have been pie. I don't know. Uh, I'll break it down real quickly. Um, the content of the song was trash. It could have been better. Uh, the, 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 the fun part of it was seeing... Um, shit, what's his name? Not Max Caster, the other dude. What's his name? Bowen. And Andrew Bowen. Yeah, Anthony, Anthony Bowens. Yeah. Bowen. Seeing him dressed up as Darby Allen was hilarious. I, I don't remember this I, at all. I enjoyed the shit out of that. Who was doing the sting role? Who was that? I have that? no idea. That was I have no clue who that was. That was really bad. I didn't like that. I thought it was it, even even in kayfabe, it's still disrespectful. Um they could have picked a bigger guy and not had such a shitty wig. Uh and Sting doesn't even really have long hair now. So that part just didn't make sense to me. This could have been really good, guys. Like, this could have been uh, like a killer promo video. And it was just sort of a gimmicky joke. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's what they were going for, though. That's, that's what I think is possible. Yeah, but it. Uh, I feel like it's a missed opportunity. I don't remember this at all. It's okay. We'll it was the music. Maybe I was on a bathroom break or something. Like I don't My remember label. this at all. We'll we'll check it out later. <laughs> so then after that, I guess I'm not good at this podcasting on a subject I don't even know what's happening. I will make sure to watch all the promos, <laughs> listeners, viewers, however receive this information for next week. I will say this: uh, the two grown men going through a goth phase thing is kind of accurate in some of the stuff that was. It, the lyrically stuff in the video uh, where Sting's kind of done everything he can do and Darby is just sort of stagnant right now. I actually agreed with all that. And maybe that's part of the reason I didn't like it too is because I don't want to admit those things all the time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully it gets better. 
Now we'll see. Yeah. I love how this subconscious stuff came up for you and during all this first. Now I definitely gotta go walk back and watch it. <laughs> all right. So then after that, oh. so then after that, we had these Chris Statlander, uh, Red Velvet, uh, Layla Hurst versus Bunny Ford and Rose. Um, this I thought was a really fun match. Basically, uh, basically to run it down real quick, stat starts. Uh, and then legit blindly tags her in, and then it was Rose versus legit. Rose slams legit, legit tags out. Bunny versus stat tags herself in, and blow for blow, they start hitting each other, and then stat power slams her. Velvet's tagged in, and then stat slams velvet on bunny. Legit velvet versus bunny. And then velvet blind tags and runs into Rose. Rose tags Ford versus velvet, flips into her, tags into bunny. They work velvet. Bunny tags and Ford. There's a lot of back and forth. Everyone got involved in the match. And then the big ending was that legit tags herself in, trying to go against Stat. They start arguing with each other. Bunny sneaks in behind him, slams her, and then Bunny gets the win. Bunny pulled the perfect heel move on that. I thought that was totally pro. I loved it. Um, it's you're basically set, setting up this rivalry even more with Statlander and legit um, how deep into the storyline they're going to go with all of this. I don't really know. Um, it was a fun match because we got to watch all of the ladies wrestle and all of the ladies wrestle against each other and do their moves. And um, so very, very entertaining. Very, very fun. Uh, Tammy, what did you think of this match? We'll start with you on that. All right. I'll pull out my notes since you've described the, the match completely. Like, I think my notes will probably make a little bit more sense. Again, they happen in real time. I obviously wasn't high or at the bathroom during this because I have full notes on it and I remember it. So let's see. I put Layla starts with her tag, with her tag herself in antics again, because we've heard this. We've seen this a lot. Then everyone starts tagging themselves in, leaving a weak spot. Penelope is rocking it. Shout out to Penelope, man. You all have Hell to give yeah. credit for her. Well, she's great. Awesome. She is really good. I don't think she gets enough credit. Chris nah, Statlander really tested Penelope with that hold. Almost broke you her neck. yourself in battle by Layla, causing them to lose to Bunny. And we all see what's coming. Yeah. That's it. Chris, how'd you feel about this? You're not, very uh, you're not very excited about it, I can tell. <laughs> so listen, uh, I really like this match. The match itself was great. The story behind it kind of sucks for me right now. Um, I, let's just do Layla Hirsch versus Chris Statlander and, and get it over with because it needs to happen. It's going to be a good match, I hope, unless they keep dragging it out like this. Like We already know from two weeks ago that this is the story. Exactly. And it's been the same now. They're not doing anything new, so I'm... Eh. Like, I'm all for long-term storytelling. I'm not for just telling the same story every week. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, you're absolutely right, Tammy, about Penelope. She's amazing. Um, I, thought, I thought everybody looked really good in this. And, yes, Rafe, the bunny with that quick move, very smart. Uh, you know, if there's a weak spot, hit it immediately. Um, I'm not too invested in this story. I was in the, in the beginning because I love Chris Statlander so much. 
Um, and now I'm kind of losing interest. So I hope that they move this thing along quickly and get it done so that we can do something else because now there's this much more interesting story with her and the best friends and the whole other thing anyway. So yeah, yeah, let's just, let's just get it over with and move on. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Absolutely. Uh, and I think Penelope and Bunny are perfect together. Yeah. And I think all the women in this match outside of this storyline could have done something better without that stupid part of the program. Exactly. So then after that, we go on to Scorpio Sky, Paige and Lambert. They do a promo. Scorpio is pissed off that he's not getting enough opportunities to to uh, to win matches. I hope to see Scorpio Sky come in and do some more wrestling and get some shots. They're kind of pushing him to the side. He kind of complains that there's a lot of, uh, you know, hierarchy in AEW. And that's why he's not getting the matches that he wants to get. I mean, he basically lays out his record for him. He hasn't been pinned in 800 days or something ridiculous like that. And uh, they're not giving him a shot because, and I agree. I think that Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are excellent wrestlers and they need to be in that mix. So I hope that they push this promo and they get something good going with, with whoever. I mean, if it's going to be the inner circle, great. If it's going to be Cody Rhodes, great. I think they, they need to be in there, man. I, I want to see them wrestle more. That's really my opinion on this one. Um, so what's your, uh, what do you think, Chris? I, I, I agree with all that. Scorpio Sky is definitely needs to be in the uh, picture for the TNT championship. If not, um, maybe, maybe the world title soon. Mm -hmm. um he's i said it a week ago or whatever he's underutilized he's they're they're saying all the true stuff um now why it's a storyline i don't know why hasn't score gotten tv time who knows um i i want to see it though i i've already seen him and cody a couple times i don't know that i've seen him and sammy much so i think that'd be really cool mm. tammy did you did you catch that promo or I vaguely caught it and I thought I you know what's up with this these guys they they're very good wrestlers but they're always seem to be on the outside and the edge so it was good to see it like I honestly I didn't catch all the promos obviously but I I caught a lot of them but I just don't like I didn't like absorb them all and I feel like there was a lot of them this this past week and oh. I think that was a good thing actually even though I didn't catch all of them but I will don't worry, listeners, viewers, however you receive this. I will be pay more attention next week to them. Um, and I think they both seem like outstanding wrestlers. They've always done a good job in the ring. I know that they have like the style and the flair, but I have not really seen them showcased enough. So I'm hoping that promo promo is really like a start to getting on a path of being more visible. Yep. Absolutely. We need we need them to be because we have all these other amazing people getting a lot of time and energy. And who are they going to fight? That's on their level. No, yeah, no one really. Yeah. So then, so then after that, lethal challenges starts for the useless belt. He says, Actually, "Hey, look." So, so hit. I, this is the turning point for me where the belt felt important. Oh. Okay. I, do you not agree with that? Because like suddenly, yeah. lethal. He kind of had this underlying sort of historical opinion about the FTW belt because yes. to him it is memories it does mean something and for him it was like you don't deserve that right you're it's it's useless on you like I like this a lot man yeah I think it's cool 
And he says, he goes, I want to beat you because you love it so much. He goes, and that's the only reason I want it. It's because you love it. So I thought that that was a great promo by Lethal uh, up in Ricky Stark's face. So what's your, what's your thoughts, Tammy? Well, I, like Chris said, it's not really an important belt. It kind of made it important. It's not really about the belt. It's about taking away. And it's yeah. About, yeah. And so I liked that. I think that that is a perfect way to handle that kind of belt. So I thought that was very, the, the very good development in the storyline. And I'm all about like Jay Lethal coming in just seems like a lot of fun. So I'm glad that he's getting in the mix in some challenges and some stories that seem like they'll, they'll go on for a little bit and be exciting. Absolutely. And a Taz on commentary was gold here. I don't give a shit about Ring of Honor and all this other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man, this is actually compelling now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember that. It, it totally helped me with the FTW thing. Like I felt like, okay, now, now I care about what happened with it. Yeah, it's cool. It's great. It, we put, it put everybody invested in it. And that was the moment that I was like, that belt is genius. This is a genius idea. They're making something out of nothing. And I thought that that was awesome. So that was really cool too. So then we get into the Jurassic Express versus the Dark Order. So I'll do a couple of, uh, I'll go through a couple of moves that I thought were really cool. Silver Bulls into Lucha, Luchasaurus outside the ring. I thought that was really fun. Silver catches uh, Jungle Boy and Reynolds flies through and, and Silver holds up Jungle Boy and Reynolds flies through and knocks him out. Silver dominates Jungle Boy through the break. And then after the break, Luchasaurus clears the house Slam Silver on Reynolds. Jay, and then uh, Jungle Boy get, does the German suplex. And then they do the four-man suplex total, which is Jericho called the total extinction off the top rope, which was absolutely amazing. Silver and Reynolds hit four moves almost and almost pinned Jungle Boy. They did the bam, 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 bam on Jungle Boy. Almost pinned him. Jungle Boy whips Silver off of the apron into, the, into Evil Uno, which I thought was great. Yep. Lucha, Lucha Soros and uh, Jungle Boy single out Reynolds. Um, and then uh, Jungle Boy hits Destroyer, near fall, no pin. And then Tope Suicida hits Silver, Lucha Soros pins Reynolds. Fun, fun match. Those guys, that was fun. It was fun. Wow. It's, and it sucks because I love them both. And yep. I love the Dark Order. I'd love to see them win, but we knew that they probably weren't going to win this. Yeah. But to see the match and to see the competitiveness between the two of them, it felt more like a, a, a competition than it felt like a rivalry or like a heel face type of thing, which yeah. I thought was really cool. It was like, okay, we got respect for each other, but hey, you know what? We're the Dark Order, man. We're fucking badass too. And y'all need to see that. And I think that that was great because, okay, great. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, they're the champs, okay? And they deserve to be the champs. But don't fuck with the Dark Order, man. We're fucking good, too. And we're going to bust our ass to try to beat you at some point anyway. So I really thought that that was, that was a blast and, and super entertaining. And uh, I loved every second of that. Tammy, what was your thoughts on that? Well, I agree with you about it doesn't always have to be about face against heel. And this was a good example of that. Like, I think that's kind of boring to think it's like life isn't like that. There's lots of people that do good things and do terrible things. So it's like this whole feel like heel hate, like blah, blah, blah. I can't even talk. Heel 
face kind of stuff it can't be always all of that in every right. match so this was great and you 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 already said that so i just wanted to support you on that so like that statement so here's my notes however they come out they come out all right jungle boy impressive and smooth reynolds doing his best but johnny hungry's the star johnny's giving them a run for their money playing possum i don't even remember what that was uh who's taking damage question mark are all connected in the corner oh my god four-man suplex wow it just keeps getting better with this this is awesome hungy 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 Fantastic win by Luchasaurus and a great match by Reynolds and Johnny Hungy. Dark Order had an answer for every Jurassic question. Good point. That's it. Christopher, how'd you feel? Um, before I jump into this, one thing that happened right before this stuff, they had some match graphics up. Um, and it was uh, one of them was for House of Black versus Varsity Blondes for next week. The graphic, unlike the other ones, looked to be in like a grayscale black and white. It was. Um, which is unusual. So, I, I mean, I think we know where this is going. But the fact that they changed up their graphic style, I'm like, okay, what, well, what's that mean, though? Is it just like, oh, it's House of Black, so we're going to be black and white? Or is, it, is there something else there? I, 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 I don't know what it is, but it stuck out to me, so I felt like I needed to bring it up. Okay. Um, as far as Dark Order, Jurassic Express, yes, Rafe, we love them both. Uh, Tammy, yes, it was, it was that, that spot with the four-man suplex. I like that you called it that because that's really what it was. I called it a cool stack-up spot. Um, <laughs> and I almost, I almost called it the totem pole of humor because <laughs> we've, got, we've got some very fun personalities in this match. Yes. And I think the, the it, you know, when you put these guys together, there was no chance it was going to be bad. Um, it wasn't that memorable. Uh, there wasn't really anything in here that went down that was like, oh, shit, or man, this is great, or I've got to watch this again. It was just very good, and we could move on from it. Um, yeah, I don't think there was uh, there was never a doubt in my mind that Jurassic Express was going to lose the titles yet, especially the Dark Order, because Dark Order right. just doesn't get titles. Um, <laughs> unless you're not an official member like Hangman. Yeah. Uh, so, so you know, um, it was good filler for the week. I, you know, I want to see what Jurassic is doing next week. Uh, I, want, I want these tag titles to still feel very, very uh, prominent while the Lucha Bros are out as a tag team, because uh, right now Penta's got to do his own thing, and he's getting involved with some other stuff anyhow. But I do think that there was other tag teams that could have been involved in this maybe besides Dark Order, but of all the tag teams that Dark Order could have had, I'm glad it was Silver and Reynolds, because again, the personalities shine through. John Silver is amazing. Uh, I, I, I really hope that nobody ever stops really loving him because I want him to be on TV forever. He's just so great. Um, yeah, I mean, it was fun, but what, I mean, do you care next week? No. True. But a great match to watch for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ladies, All right, ladies and gentlemen, that pretty much wraps up this week's episode. 
of the all Oaks elite and running. everybody else in between. Yep. Everybody. All right. So y'all have a good week. We will be here back next week to go over everything that happens this week coming up. And we're going to have some cool things coming up on the horizon. Uh, we're looking at uh, maybe a possible guest. We're going to come up with a couple of games. We're going to come up with a few more things to keep everybody entertained. Uh, tell your friends, download it everywhere, put stuff in the comments, let us know what you think. And until next week, have a great week, everybody. I promise to watch all the promos next week and comment on them.